Do you feel icky about selling? Like, do you just cringe when you realize you have to write some sales copy or ask for the sale on a sales call or you're in the webinar and then you get to the sales pitch part. You're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I get it. We all have some baggage when it comes to selling. Some of you have a leg up on me in terms of having a sales background, but either way, selling is just a part of life. It's a part of everything we do. Selling touches everything we do, whether money is being exchanged or not. We are always selling, selling our ideas, selling our philosophies, selling um, our thing that's going to be free. We have to convince people it can help them. So sales is real and you got to be good at sales. But what I want to do today is help you by giving you six psychological selling hacks that here's the great news you're already familiar with. You have already experienced these in some way, shape or form in the real world. So these will actually be not new. They will be familiar to you. And these are proven. And these are things you can start to massage into your sales process. Even if you just take one, one of these concepts might help you go, huh, yeah, I could use that. And it's going to help you sell more in an authentic way because you're just using human psychology. And it's not even something that you have never heard of. I'm telling you, these are commonplace things that I bet you've bumped up against in your time on planet Earth. So without further ado, let's unpack these six psychological sales hacks that you can use when you sell your products. Welcome to episode 173 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Who else, friend? So pumped to hang out with you today. We're going to talk about selling today, so this will be very tactical and inspiring. I want to give you a tool, though, to help you sell more. Before we even dive into the podcast, I just want to pump you up with free good stuff. I want to give you access to my five-minute sales copy framework, okay? This is a simple framework that I use to quickly jot down. It's just literally, it's like leading questions to quickly jot down the answers to these questions for anything you're about to sell, and it's going to give you the outline for your sales copy. So it won't write the sales copy for you, but functionally, the hard part will be done. I've done the heavy lifting. I'm asking you the important questions. You answer the questions for your course, your membership, your coaching, whatever you're about to roll out. Answer those questions in this document. It'll take you five to 10 minutes, easy. Then you have your bullet by bullet outline for your sales copy, whether you go long or short. It's genius. It's so simple, and it really plays uh, plays along with human psychology, which is what we're talking about today's episode, and it makes sure that you cover all the important elements in a sales page. It's free. I want to give it to you. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash copy, C-O-P-Y, to get my five-minute sales copy framework guide. It'll give you that template that you can use over and over again to sell anything. GrahamCochran.com slash copy, or if you're watching on YouTube, I'm linking to it below. Grab your copy, no pun intended, of that guide. So let's talk about selling. Do you hate selling? It's okay if you do. I My first experience with selling was selling radio advertising for a local rock and country station in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and I sucked at it. I hated it. I hate it because I'm an introvert. I hate cold calling. I hate walking into businesses and cold calling in person, which is even more frightening. Uh, I hated all of it. I liked the idea of how much money I could make as a sales rep. And it was impressive to see what my colleagues were doing, but I couldn't figure it out. I, I, five months in, I just was stressed out of my mind, hated my life. I quit. Um, and long story short, 
finagle my way around through wasting some time, learning some new things, doing some odds and ends, and eventually started a business. And here I am, right? So I sell for a living now. Go figure. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I didn't enjoy selling back then. A lot of it had to do with the product. I didn't believe in the product. And, and I think before we even get into the sell, selling hacks, like none of these are going to help you if you don't believe in what you're selling. You really have to believe at your core, whatever you sell, that it is good for the consumer. Okay. Now, part of selling is making sure what you have to offer, although is good for people, is good for them. Make sure it's the right fit. The great news is with what we sell online with online sales copy and sales pages, all the selling is happening automatically. You don't have to be face-to-face for most of this unless you do high-ticket sales uh, and you're doing it over the phone or Zoom or something like that. It's all pre-written copy, so you don't have to interact. And they self-select. If you've done your job, they can decide if it's not a good fit for them. So the pressure's off in the end. But if you believe in what you're selling, these selling hacks and models, one way to think about it, will work for you. So let me just go through all six of them. My goal for you in this episode is real simple. Just latch onto one of them. Just at least find one. That you're like, dude, I could do that. That makes so much sense. And this is just going to be something you can sprinkle in or massage into your sales process. You ready? Let's go. Model number one or selling hack number one is the dentist model. Please raise your hand if you've ever been to the dentist. And I hope everyone's raising their hand. If you haven't, don't kiss me. I don't want to see your teeth. Just joking. I actually got to find a new dentist. It's been a while because we moved and got to figure that out. When you go to the dentist, look at the model they have. What, what, what do the dentists want everyone to do? Checkups. Every six months, at least in the U.S., like, and, and most insurance, if you have dental insurance, will cover this. So it's free. So for a lot of consumers, this is free. If not, it might be a 99 bucks or something like that. Come in for a dental checkup. We'll, we'll clean your teeth even, right? So you're going to get a service. It's not just even going to look at it. We'll clean your teeth. It's quick. We'll polish them up. We'll do a checkup, make sure everything's okay. But what are they doing when they check your mouth? They're finding stuff that needs help, right? Oh, you have a cavity. Oh, you know, you're having some nerve damage. Is that pain you're feeling? Yeah, you feel pain when I touch that? Ooh, yeah, you, you might need to do a um, root canal, right? I've had two of those. Those were not fun. Um, they're going to find problems because guess what? We all have problems with our mouth, our teeth. There's, there's issues. So while they're conveniently checking you, potentially for free because your insurance might cover it, getting them cleaned up, hey, great. I don't mind going to the dentist for a free cleaning and a checkup. Oh, but they found a problem. And while they've got you there with your mouth open, all exposed, like, you know what? I could solve that problem for you right now. Or if not today, if you don't have time today, let's go ahead and get you on the calendar to get that cavity filled or get that root canal done or get that crown put on or get that whitening treatment you want. They have brought you in the door with potentially a loss leader, you can call it the loss leader model, but they have something else that they can identify when they get a chance to look under the hood that they see a problem that needs solving and guess what? They're the perfect person to solve it. So in your business, could you offer some kind of review, some kind of audit, some kind of checkup? It even can be automated. Think of a quiz. A good quiz is free People love it because we're all narcissistic. It's like, oh, tell me about me. The quiz can self-identify maybe some problems or areas of opportunity for them that then can automatically offer them the right solution for, oh, you know what? You struggle with sales copy after you go through this this quiz. I've got a course all on sales copy. And it wouldn't be that be cool if I had one right now. I actually don't have a sales copy course technically. Um, 
But I, I can see a bajillion ways that you could use this by just offering a free checkup. And maybe you've had that experience where either at the dentist or another person says, come in, well, I'll do a free review of your finances. I'll do a free review of your home. Realtors do this to see to tell you the value of your home. And then while they're there, they can find other things. They can, you know what? You, it looks like you need X, Y, and Z. I could help you with that. I could help you with that. I could help you with that. So it's the dentist model. Get them in for a checkup. Get them in for something really simple and easy that's not abrasive. And while you're there, when you see the opportunity to add value, keyword being value, you can offer it and you're the person, perfect person to offer it and you're right there anyway. They might as well go with you. Number two, psychological selling hack is the chef model. The chef model is all about the way you present your product or offer. So if I go to a restaurant, let's say you come to my restaurant, you come to my restaurant and I own it. I don't own one, but let's say I own one. You come to my restaurant and my, my, my waiter or my waitress are serving you and you're asking them, hey, what is, uh, tell me about the, the pork chop. And you say, oh, well, it's great. You know, it's, it's about um, eight ounces and it's got the bone and it, it comes with some risotto. It's like a, maybe a mushroom risotto and it's going to have some broccolini, and it's going to have X, Y, and Z, um, and you get this kind of sauce on the side, and maybe it comes with another side. The waitress or the waiter, when they explain things, if it's not a really nice restaurant, when they explain things, they're usually explaining what comes with it. They're describing it. They're showing you the features of the food. It's about this big, comes with this sauce, you know, it's, you know, is it too big for one person? I don't know. I mean, whatever the basic questions are, they're describing the features. That's helpful, but that's not the same as selling. If the chef were to come out and you would ask the chef who's preparing the meal, especially if it's a chef owner, so owner of the concept, and they really are all about it. Tell me about the pork chop. Oh, they're going to tell you a story. We, we get our pork chops from this specific farm in Vermont. And it's like free range pigs. Is that a thing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the best pigs. It's the best pork because these little piggies, they're, they're not in a factory. They're loving their little piggy life. And we, anyway, we get them from only this farm and it comes in. It's been here for only two days, three days. And it's been, it's been in this brine for like 48 hours that brings out these flavors. And when you take a bite of this, the first thing you're going to notice is that it just falls off the bone because it's been, it's been so perfectly cooked that it's not dry, but it's not super mushy. It's just perfect. And then your fork's going to go right through it. You're going to take that bite. And what you're going to experience, this will be this like citrus forward flavor that we've got in the brine. And then after that's going to come this whatever, blah, blah, blah. They are telling you a story and they are showing you the experience. They're selling you the experience of the food, right? Not the features of the food, the experience of the food, which by the way, experience is how you have, that's what fine dining is all about. The way it's cooked, the way it's plated, the, the, the way the restaurant looks, smells, sounds, feels, the way the staff treat you, it's still just food, Right? That's why you'll have men be like, well, I can get just as full eating Taco Bell as I can going to that. Like, 
idiot, right? It's not about being full. You're not paying for the food as much as, although it is higher quality food than Taco Bell because it isn't anything. And I love Taco Bell. So I'm not hating on you if you like Taco Bell. I love it. My wife would never go there. I don't know why. I have to wait till she leaves out of town so I can sneak away to Taco Bell. I even took my kids one time when mom was out of town thinking, kids, we could finally go to Taco Bell. They tried to like, dad, this is gross. I'm like, oh, nobody supports me. So I like Taco Bell, but I'm just saying food is food. When you spend $400 a night for two people for dinner, you're, you're paying for the experience. And so a good chef will sell you the experience, not the features, chef model. So with your products, your services, are you selling how many hours your course is, that it's HD, that it comes with these downloadables, that it comes with this features? Or are you selling the experience, the true benefits, who they will be when they take your course, what their life will be like, how they will feel after going through your course and get those results. There's a difference. It makes a big, big difference. We talk about that in the five-minute sales copy framework that hopefully you downloaded, grahamcochran.com slash copy. Number three model, the in-app purchases model. You know this, right? You've had any single app. A lot of apps are free by nature. So some people call it a freemium model where you get a free, but then you can pay to have the paid version. But a nuance of that is the app is always free, but then you can pay for things inside the app or pay to upgrade some features of the app. And the idea here is there might be a feature or a thing that you could offer on the front end that they your customer may or may not buy because it just seems like they're having to buy a lot of things and they're like, I don't think I need that feature. So if you could just get them in the door at a lower cost or free or, or base price, and then on the inside of the product, show them that same upgrade or expansion or offer or feature, they might be more likely to buy it then because A, they've already tasted and seen how good it is. B, they can see that they're missing out on something once they're on the inside. Nobody wants to see something that they could have that's locked out for them that they know that other people are have access to and it makes them, you know, they, we want what we can't have kind of thing. So it's an easier sell. So for example, if you have a course and you're selling it and you're smart and you have an order bump on the sales page, which is a small checkbox offer to easily add another small lower cost thing to your offer, your order while you're right there. If you probably have like two or three or four other order bump type things that you could offer, having four or five order bumps on a page, it, it would be overwhelming. And most people aren't going to go for it. They might go for one but they're not going to go for all four. So instead, you can put those offers inside your course as an upsell, even once they're in, like they're already in the product. And you can have this as a link inside of your course. You could have this as an automation that emails them seven days after they buy the course, like, hey, are you enjoying it? If you haven't already considered, upgrade to the premium version here. You're going to get access to this, this, and this that you currently don't have access to. Let them play around with it for a bit and see how awesome it is and see how they could potentially upgrade once inside. It's much easier to stair-step people in once they've gotten a little taste of the, the glory, right? Not your libre. See what it tastes like. A little taste of the glory. Then to just offer all of it at once and they go, I don't need all of that. Make sense? Another twist of this that I've seen is, for example, I bought a, um, we're getting personal here. I bought a face serum, night serum for your face and you buy it, and then when you add it to your cart, the upsell on the back end, so this actually isn't in that purchase, but I've already committed to purchasing. The upsell is, do you want to 
go to a subscription model where we'll just mail you a new bottle every 30 days so that you'll never run out and we'll discount the bottle. So instead of paying, I don't know, let's say it's a hundred bucks for the bottle, it'll only cost you $60 per bottle and we'll auto, auto, ship, auto ship it to you. And so like they could offer you that auto ship on the front end, but I, I, I'm not going to buy that because I'm like, I've never had this, so I'm just going to buy one. I just want one to try it out. That's what we always want to do. Like, well, we'll try one bottle and see if I like it. But the moment you buy it, then they offer the auto ship that was heavily discounted. And you're like, dude, I don't want to be paying almost twice as much when I could, I could auto ship. And then I could always just cancel the auto ship, which is literally what happened to me with this one bottle is I switched to the auto ship model to get it for cheaper. And then they mailed me another bottle 30 days later, but I hadn't even gone through the first bottle. And I was like, I got to cancel this. But they got me two bottles. Even at the discounted rate, I paid more than it would have with the one bottle. It works, right? So just- one step at a time. That's the in-app purchases model. Don't throw everything at them at once. Okay, number four, the all-inclusive model. There's something so funny about human beings. We hate, I believe, being nickel and dimed, meaning we hate when something costs just more and more and more. So this might sound counter to what I just told you, the in-app purchases model, if you, if you have to do that right for that to make sense, like it's not needed, but if you want some of these upgrades, once you've had a taste of it, you might want the upgrades. The all-inclusive model is actually the opposite, which is if you, for example, let me give you my favorite example. My favorite example is cruises. Okay. Before the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, if you ever went on a, a cruise ship, if you're lucky enough to go on a cruise ship, you would have experienced what was back then an all-inclusive model. You pay for whatever room you want. So you pay more if you want a nicer room, bigger room, nicer floor, whatever. But once you just pay for your room and you're on the ship, you get access to everything. There's a couple of main restaurants. Maybe there's a couple of smaller restaurants, but everyone goes to the same restaurants. It's all the foods included. All the entertainment's included. All the shows are included. Everything's included on the ship. And what I used to love about a cruise was that you just figure out how much you were going to pay. You know what it's going to cost. Once you're in, you loved it. The recession happened. No one was going on cruises because everyone was scrambling for money. And so like that was a luxury. Okay, hey, we're not going to go on a cruise. So cruise lines were like, we have to make cruises way more affordable to get people to come back. So they heavily discounted the price of cruises, but it doesn't cost them any less. They still have to pay the same amount for all the food and all the gas and everything to run a cruise ship and the staff. So what they decided to do was rip out a lot of the benefits of a cruise and make it more a la carte. Now, arguably, some people like this, but it's cheaper, or at least it was back then. The prices might have come back up to where they were, honestly. It was cheaper to go on a cruise after the Great Recession. Tickets were super crazy. But the food that was included was kind of crappy. And what the level of food that used to be in the main dining rooms, they ripped it out and made it in these specialty restaurants, as they called it. And you had to pay to go into these specialty restaurants. What that did for someone like me was made me not enjoy my cruise experience as much because I would be on the cruise ship and I would look at these really nice restaurants. I'm like, I already paid to be here. And now I got to pay more just to go into the Brazilian steakhouse. Or I got to pay more to go to the French restaurant on my wife's anniversary. Like I got to pay more. There's a magic show the dinner magic show I have to pay for? Like I paid to be on a cruise. I shouldn't have to pay more. So personally, I hate that. So I would not spend money because I felt like I was being nickeled and dimed. 
Now, Norwegian Cruise Lines got me because they launched what they call the Haven. And if you haven't experienced this, it's super dope. It's like a cruise ship within a cruise ship. They decided to create basically a first class of cruising, as it were. At the top of the ship, there's going to be a small amount of staterooms or, or cabins, or whatever you want to call them, that are nicer, bigger, have their own pool, have their own restaurant that's higher quality than the specialty restaurants, butler, everything, and it's all included. There's no upgraded you have to pay, thing you have to pay for. You get the the all your alcohol included. You get access to all the other restaurants, even the specialty ones included, if you want. Um, and you even get to board the ship before everybody else. You have your own, like every, everything's better, right? It's just more exclusive. Um, and here's the deal. I, I went on the Haven Cruise and I paid way more for that, way more than if I went on the regular, same ship, regular room, and then paid for all the upgrades myself, except for I couldn't go to that special part, the Haven. I paid more money, but guess what? I I loved it more because I wasn't being nickeled and dimed. I paid once. I knew what I was going to pay, and I got everything. There was no like, oh, you want that, sir? It's going to cost you extra. It was all included. So the psychological hack is you can just raise your prices and give people more. Seth Godin says it like this, give more for more. Like give your people a premium experience. Stop nickeling and diming them so that you can have a low affordable price be a premium player, but give them everything. So when they buy your membership, they get everything. When they have your coaching, they get everything. They're not like in for one thing. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, if you really want my secrets, you got to upsell to this, you got to do that. Or if you want to have a community, that's going to cost extra. Like just create a premium price, premium experience, a premium service, and give them so much more that they're, they're paying more, but they're getting more. And it's all included and they will they will sing your praises because their experience will be incredible that's the all-inclusive model all right these last two are going to get sort of counterintuitive you ready this is the val number five the value of no model what is powerful about the word no when we say it not when people tell us no but when 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 you say no how do you feel somebody says Graham, do you want to buy my crappy product? I say, no, I feel in control. So I'm saying, nope, don't want it, right? When that, that guy you don't like asks you out on a date and you say, nope, you feel in control. You have the control. You have the power when you say no. No is a word of power. No. Your kids, if you have kids, the moment they turn one or two, whenever they're able to start speaking, that's the first word they learn. It's like mama, dada, and no. And they're exerting their power and they're trying to show or find out really how much power they have over you. No, no, no. So no is a powerful word. People feeling the freedom to be able to say no is important. If they feel manipulated to have to say yes, they don't enjoy that selling experience. So here's an example. You ever been with your partner, spouse, whatever, and you're sitting down to watch Netflix and you're trying to find a movie and, and you know the problem. You can never find a movie you all you both agree on. Maybe you you, you're the lucky few that can agree on. But if you're like my wife and I, it's like we're circle, we're looking through movies and like she doesn't like the movies I like. And I don't like the movies she likes. There's a very fine line where the Venn diagram lines up and we like the same movies. Um, and so it's just like, do you want to watch this? No. Do you want to watch this? No. It's the same with restaurants. You want to go to this restaurant? No. You want to go to this restaurant? No. If you're the person that can't get the other person to agree to go to the restaurant you want to go to or watch a movie and they're being the pickier one, I'm just, let's assume you're not the pickier one. It's the uh, It's them, right? Um, here's, here's a trick, a trick you can use. 
reframe the question. So let's say there's a restaurant you really want to go to. And let's say it's called Graham's Restaurant. Tell your spouse or your partner, would you be opposed to going to Graham's Restaurant? And let them say, no, I wouldn't be opposed to that. By saying no, they're saying yes. Would you be opposed to, same thing with a movie, can't find a movie, running around, losing time tonight. Hey, would you be opposed to just trying the first Avengers movie? They could say, no, I wouldn't be opposed. It it changes the, the flavor and it puts them in a different headset where they can still say no and feel like they're in control because you're giving them the control. Would you be opposed to this? Now, they might say yes, but give them the chance to say, no, I wouldn't be opposed because I'm in control. And functionally, you've gotten them to do what you want them to do. So you can do this in your selling. When you're interacting with somebody, let's say you're having a discovery call with a potential one-on-one client. You're blowing their world up by just giving them so much value for free. And you're, you're figuring out where they're stuck. And you're giving them some pointers of how they could get unstuck for free. And then, you know, if you want to transition to the pitch, you can say, look, Friend, this has been awesome. Have you gotten value out of this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Would you be opposed to me sharing how we could work together in an even more intentional way? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't be opposed. It's invitation-based marketing. You're like It's permission-based marketing. You're getting permission, but the way you're phrasing it is allowing them to say the word no. No, I wouldn't be opposed. It puts them in a position of power and then gives you the opportunity to just share, present the offer or present whatever the next step is. I do this in webinars. So I'll be in a webinar. I'm teaching webinar. And obviously in a webinar, nine times out of 10, the point of the webinar is to add massive value and then eventually sell something on the back end of the webinar. Um, It's a win-win for everybody because even if they don't buy, they came and got a lot of value and you truly taught them if you truly teach them on a webinar. But there's the point in the webinar that we all come to where we have to transition to the pitch. And that's where everyone gets nervous. So what I've done is try to use language that makes it effortless. So I'm teaching, I'm teaching. This is usually where we're all comfortable. We're in our element. They're loving it. The chat's going. Get to the end. You say, hey, has this been amazing? This is another psychological hack that I didn't even put on this list, which is getting the first yes helps you get the second yes. So get a yes first, right? Hey, has this been valuable? You've been getting value out of this? And they go, yes, yes, yes. Now they're more likely to give you another yes. So what I'll do is either say like, once they say yes, I would say, awesome. I have something really cool I'd love to share with you. Would it be okay if I share it with you now? And they go, oh yes, that's totally okay. And the flip of this, sometimes I say, I have something really awesome that I would love to share with you. Would you be opposed to me sharing it with you right now? Oh, no, 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 go for it. You're asking permission. You're letting them be in control of the conversation by giving them the chance to say yes or no. And it it leads into, you you asked for this. You said you wouldn't be opposed to this. You said you'd be okay with this. And then you pitch. It just puts them at ease and they're more likely to receive your pitch. That's the value of no. No is valuable. And finally, number six, the negative positive model. Okay, what the heck do I mean? The negative positive model is when a brand will use a <laughs> they will they will position something as a negative. This is a potential negative of our product or service, but really it's it's cloaked in the fact that this shows the positive of the product. Um, a really funny example, can we if this is not too much TMI, would be Viagra. Okay, if you're not familiar with Viagra or Cialis or whatever, I, I see the commercials all the time. Um <laughs> 
probably when I watch like sports or like football, it's probably men watching. So they're like running all these Viagra commercials. So my, my education of Viagra are through the ads on TV. Viagra is a medication to help you if you cannot get an erection as a man. And so what's fascinating, like the only thing I know about Viagra other than they always put a really attractive guy in the commercial. So you're like, he's usually like in his fifties and he looks so good. And I'm like, that's just great marketing right there. Cause every man's like, that's how I look at 50. And that's what I want to look like at 50. And, and most men don't. So there's that. But other than that dude in the commercial um, is the warning that they have on the back of the box. And they mention it in the ad. And here's the warning. Forgive me again for we're a little TMI here today. If you experience an erection lasting longer than four hours, call your doctor. And it's so funny because I always thought that was the strangest warning. But you know what? That is the most perfect example of the negative positive model. Hey, here's a negative about using our product, Viagra. You might have an erection that lasts longer than four hours and you might have to just call a doctor to help you out. But isn't that a major positive for men that cannot experience an erection for whatever reason with blood flow issues or other issues? Like, I would love that problem of an erection that lasts for four hours. I can't, I can't get one. That's why I want the product. So it is the funniest, strangest, and again, forgive me for going here, but it's such a great example of warning. This is a negative side effect of a product, but basically it's an amazing positive because isn't that what you want? Silly examples could be like if you're helping somebody like grow their business, you could throw in a silly fake warning of like, warning, you're going to be in a higher tax bracket after going through our program. And so I'm sorry, you're going to pay more in taxes. But the subtext is you're going to be making so much more money. A weight loss program might say side effects included having to like throw away all your clothes or sell all your clothes because you're not going to fit in them anymore. So it's like, you're telling there's a negative from using your product, but really it illuminates the positive of what your product does, right? It's powerful. And it takes a lot of guts to admit, admit a negative of your product. So it's a double whammy for you if you're like, hey, one of the downsides of working with me is, you know, you're going to be so rich, you're not going to know what to do with all your money. And you're going to be so frustrated because you know, like, I mean, whatever. It's just like, it's funny because it allows you to not have to be in the position of like, oh, I'm great. Everything about my product's great. There's no problem with my problem. It's the product's great. Everything's perfect. Everyone is biased at selling something, right? They think their thing is great. Even me, I think my courses are great. Now I have hundreds and hundreds of students have gone through some of these courses and tens of thousands that have gone through my audio courses and they'll tell you they're great. That's the value of a testimonial, but no, no product's perfect. I know that about my courses. They're not perfect, but if you can have the guts to mention a negative, but it's really cloaking a positive or it's cloaked as a, it's a positive cloaked as a negative. That's super powerful. So that's the negative positive model. So that's a lot. My hope is that you take one. Is it the dentist model? Well, I got you here. You know, I see this problem. I could solve that for you. The chef model, selling the experience of the food, not the features of the food. Is it the in-app purchases model? Get them in with a basic purchase. And then once they're in, once they've tested and they've seen how awesome it is, then offer them more so they can slowly upgrade, upgrade, upgrade instead of like offering everything all at once and they're just overwhelmed. Four, is it the all-inclusive model where you're not nickeling and diming them and just everything's a la carte, like those airplanes where you buy a ticket. You're like, wow, this plane ticket's only 10 bucks on like Ryanair or something. But, oh, I want a seatbelt. Oh, I want to pick my seat. 
Oh, I want to be able to bring luggage. Oh, I want an oxygen mask in case they fall down. Oh, I want a snack. Oh, I want to arrive at my destination. Like, no, I'm joking. Like, it's all a la carte. That kind of just changes your experience as opposed to like, hey, it's a little more expensive, but you get everything. We'll give you free alcohol. Like, whatever it is on the plane, that feels cool. Charge more, give more, different experience. That's the all-inclusive model. The value of no model, would you be opposed to blank? And they say, no, I'm not opposed to that. It's permission-based marketing. It puts them in control, makes them much more comfortable. And then the negative positive model. Do you have a positive, a strong positive about your product or service that you could cloak in a negative that is just a powerful moment of like, oh, wow, that could happen, but that would actually be a really cool problem to have. Any one of those, just pick one. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment below and let me know which one of those six psychological selling hacks resonates with you and gets you excited. Other, you're like, I could infuse that into my sales process or my sales copy or my emails or whatever. Let me know in a comment below. And if you're just listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, pick one, pick one and run with it this week. Think about it. You don't have to do all six. Just pick one and then start to massage that in and see it work and get some results for you as well. Remember, selling is just humans connecting and humans are humans and we have never changed. We never will. We're smart, but human nature doesn't change. So these psychological principles will always work and all you got to do is just connect at a deep level with them. Make sense? Okay. If you want a powerful tool that infuses some of this already for you, just but even on a bigger scale, if you like, I don't even know how to write my sales page, please download my five minute sales copy framework. It's free. It tell you, it's answer some questions in the next five to 10 minutes. If you, if you know your product well, answer those questions. It'll take you five minutes to answer them. And then that will give you the template for your sales page, for your sales video, for your sales emails. Done. It's free. It's helpful. GrahamCochran.com slash copy, C-O-P-Y. I'll link to it below in the video description. Thanks for hanging out today. This was a fun episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I will see you, my friend, on another episode real soon.